Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Periodic Table, Episode 11, Madonna's Red Apple Sale, recorded February 2nd, 2012, and brought to you by Element Opie Productions, elementopie.com. All right, Episode 11. That means we get to talk about the 11th element in the periodic table, which is sodium, chemical symbol Na, a silvery white alkali metal with an atomic weight of 22.9. There we go. We have now educated you. For the rest of the show, we can be pointless and silly. So, welcome back to the periodic table, everybody. My name is Mark Cockrell. With me this week, I have uh, Mr. Aaron Butler, the former fat guy and his dog friend. Hey, Aaron. Hey, uh, that, yeah, I've got Sweet Jack here. Not really. Have y'all heard, have y'all heard of Sweet Jack? <laughs> Commercials have been going crazy here in Atlanta. It's a couponing, get a you know fifty percent off on everything, and the dog is in the 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 mascot looks a lot like my dog here that just climbed up behind my head. Okay, yeah. So what's They've your dog's been name? Running a radio. This is, this is Bonnie. Bonnie, and also we have sort of with us we have a a first for this show, Mister uh, Chris Neves, the the command line Godfather. Hey, Chris. Hello, everyone, and this is not my first time. This would be my second time to be truthful. Oh, you were on the show before? I didn't remember. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> on the periodic table? A month ago. Yeah. Okay, I just didn't remember. That's entirely my fault. <laughs> See? It's all your fault. I'm going to blame you. So, uh, Chris is, as we speak, working on getting uh, a better set of uh, mic and headset working, but for now, he'll just be sort of running around the room. He's got a, a sick kid he's taking care of, and yet he still had the dedication to be with you folks here today. So I, I think we owe him a, uh, I don't know, a golf clap or something. What? Anyway. Dedication or lack of foresight, one of the two. <laughs> and also with us, we have Mr. Sean Keibel. Hey, Sean, how's it going? I am wonderful. Good to be here as always. And we're missing our uh, resident uh, commie as a, uh, uh, Jim Beeson likes to call him uh, Eric Fay. I don't know. I don't know where he is this week. We, he's been MIA. Maybe his uh, extradition papers got signed, and uh, he's no longer in the country. He got picked up by the man. I would say maybe he got beamed up by the uh, commies. That could be. Or well, the poor guy. He's gone from libertarian to liberal to commie. He's slowly <laughs> <laughs> being pushed further and further left. I think he's, he's somewhere planting trees right now. <laughs> Eventually, he might get onto the right side. Then, if he keeps going left. No, but the issue is Chris isn't planting trees. He's planting marijuana leaves if he's planting anything. Uh, I mean, not Chris, uh, Eric. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, I could be. There's a lot of space up here. <laughs> That's true. Do you have the big uh, uh, lights, you know, that, that you can put in the basement or something? You have basements up there. We don't have basements down here in Texas. We have yeah, full basements that right now in the house I'm in right now, we probably wouldn't want to gr- do anything in there but grow something because it floods every year. Okay. One of those uh, homes on homes or or flip it or fix it or one of those, they bought a house or were helping somebody that their rent house had been turned into a pot house. And nice. these people had been so elaborate. They had drilled a hole through the wall and tapped the power. It came in before the meter to run all their lights in the basement. <laughs> they had built this insert into the fireplace to run the ventilation system to pump the humidity up out the chimney. I mean, it was it was uh, this was a major to do. I don't remember how many hundreds and hundreds of plants they took out of there. It was it was pretty incredible. Now, where I'm from in rural Texas, a pot house is a small building outside in the backyard you use when you don't have indoor plumbing. Right. 
um, also known as an outhouse. I, outhouse, right. Growing up, uh, I'm not kidding, growing up, my next door neighbor, actually across the street neighbor, did not have indoor plumbing. They they drank from a well and they used an outhouse and this was 1978. They just decided they didn't need all that newfangled stuff. Well, my mom has indoor plumbing, but she also has an outhouse. <laughs> <laughs> so is that just, like for backup situations? Yeah, just because it was convenient. She For a while, they had this thing they called the corral with air quotes around it which was kind of, she has a few acres of land, so it was kind of away from the house. They had the barbecue pit out there and a nice big tree with shade, benches and picnic tables, and they had the outhouse kind of near that. So you're out there, you're enjoying your company and visiting, what have you. You don't have to go all the way up to the house to go to the bathroom. You can just pop over there in the outhouse. <laughs> just, just for number one now, just number one. No number two in the well, outhouse. Number two, I suppose. You get banned from the corral if you go number two in the outhouse. So it's for standing, no sitting. That's the rule, huh? Well, unless you're a woman. Right. <laughs> Well, no, I've met some of those. I've met some women that could stand up and do that. <laughs> and there goes the show, folks. <laughs> it took four minutes and thirty-nine seconds. <laughs> All right. Trust to mention bowel movements and uh, okay. Yeah. Anything, anything I could do to help make the show into the gut a little quicker. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. We appreciate that. So, uh, what we were talking about just before we went on the air on the electrons uh was the uh um we had a teaser at the beginning of uh, last week uh regarding um what seemed to be a new ferris bueller movie and people were somewhat excited about that which turned out to be a crappy honda ad boo yeah boo Boo. It's got 10 times as many likes as it has dislikes yeah. on YouTube. That tells <laughs> well, you anything. The commercial is great. Uh, it, the thing, here's what here's I wanted to talk about about this is um, it's a Super Bowl ad, all right, that came out on YouTube a week before the Super Bowl. That, is that good marketing or bad? I can't decide because maybe you're diluting your marketing. You know, you're, you're going to pay all this money for the Super Bowl, um, but maybe you're getting more value out of it. I'm not sure. I, I, don't, I can't decide which that is, but it's oh, a good commercial. They're definitely getting more mileage out of it because people are still going to watch the Super Bowl and they're still going to watch Super Bowl ads. So, you know, yes, a great deal of people are going to see that ad twice, but uh, they're just getting extra mileage out of it. Yeah, I would th think that the network would be kind of ticked off about it. Yeah, that may be true. Well, one take I um I heard on it. And this is not my own. I'm just regurgitating it. Is that they hope they they this person was postulating that they think that maybe the spin on it is. Oh, wait, everybody, look, 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 at this is that Ferris Bueller commercial I was telling you about type thing where, you know, a certain percentage of the crowd's already seen it and they kind of get everybody to focus in on it. I wouldn't think the TV station would really care one way or the other because they're going to pay the same exact amount of money whether it's been seen before or not. You know, they're, they're not going to they're not going to say they're not well, going uh, to let Honda say, well, we've already aired this commercial. So can we get a discount? Right. <laughs> Well, yeah, we just kind of kind of think about, I mean, what that opens the door up for. I mean, are we going to see two or three years from now that all of these ads are coming out on YouTube ahead of time? And then now, you know, there's people who watch the Super Bowl just for the ads. So will you start to see the ratings drop off because everybody's like, well, I've seen all the ads already. You know, what's the point of watching the game? I think if that was going to happen, it would have happened with the advent of YouTube because you can see every commercial now. Right. You know, ten, ten years ago, you couldn't see them unless you watched the Super Bowl or caught right. them periodically. Now you can watch every single Super Bowl commercial immediately after the Super Bowl. Right. Or in this case, a week before the Super Bowl. Right. Or during the Super Bowl in, in lieu of it, if you want. <laughs> you can put them on loop and watch them instead of it. <laughs> Didn't this also happen last year where they started the Super Bowl ads ahead of time? And there's a couple places that got flack for it, too, isn't it? Well, last year they were like prequel ads. I remember like the... 
what teasers the volkswagen ad i think it was with the little kid darth vader they had teaser uh, there um see i don't even remember who it was i remember the ad but not who it was is that good was, marketing i can't think that it would be it was infinity or lexus lexus audi maybe audi i don't know bmw it was a car commercial but apparently there's supposed to be a, a sequel to that this year so it's like the the car strikes back or something i don't know what the deal is there it's funny. um but uh if you haven't seen the ad, there'll be a link to it in the show notes. Um, and, and for those in the chat room, well, I can't. If you go look at it, you'll no longer be watching, so we don't want that to happen. Um, but it's it's really a good ad. It's um, There's all sorts of little Easter eggs in it, stuff from the original movie. Like mm-hmm. uh, there's a scene where he's uh, in, a, in a car and behind him is a clothing shop. And in the, in the window of the shop are the costumes that uh ferris wore in the parade and the like the bathing suits that his girlfriend wore and 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 they're all hanging in the window there but you gotta you gotta get a quick look at it so there's there's fun stuff in there and just as a side note i that i have the 09 version of that exact car and it is that much fun to drive (laughs) (laughs) luckily it has the anti-roll thing or i probably would have already ended up in a ditch somewhere I'm I'm still holding out hope that this is some sort of like a collective marketing thing where you know like United Artists or something is uh you know helping fund this on the backside because they do have a movie in the works. Well, uh, that would be awesome. And and on a totally opposite note, I was watching kind of halfway watching while I was working on some stuff on the computer American Idol tonight and they previewed or premiered part of Madonna's newest video. And I literally thought I was watching a Foley's commercial like for like the first 30 seconds of it. It was so bad. <laughs> was Whatever so, the first minute. Like Madonna's red apple sale? It was horrible. I, I thought I was watching that JCPenney commercial. And I kept expecting them to, you know, or the Target logo to come into the screen or, you know, the, the Walmart happy face to pop up or something. It was bad. It was real bad. How, how's she looking? Because I'm picturing that, you know, or if it hasn't already happened, that eventually that's going to be like watching Betty White do a kind of rock video. <laughs> uh, I mean, she still looked fine. I mean, she obviously looks a little more mature, but she's still in great shape and her skin was pretty, you know, her, her face was, um, you know, she wasn't all wrinkly in the face or anything. But what it just, it, what it, um, what the thing really highlighted was just how mediocre of a singer she really is. I mean, she and she is. She's always just been a mediocre singer. She's never been a great singer. Every song she's ever done has only had a range of like six notes. Right. And the and the funny thing is, there's there's this whole generation of kids right now who think Lady Gaga's original because they don't know Madonna. Right. Yeah. I, I had that a, talk with my son. Right. My son is uh, well, 16. He's getting ready to turn 17, and all, all kinds of you know into Lady Gaga. And he talked about how original she was and everything else. I said. She's Madonna just for the new generation. I mean, Madonna did that, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, and to say it's derivative is not even accurate. It's a blatant ripoff. I mean, it's exactly some of the same costumes, you know, the cone boobs, the whole thing. She's totally ripping off Madonna, which, of course, Madonna ripped off Marilyn Monroe. So there is no new thing under the sun, says Solomon. Well, and it's funny. I've got got uh, another topic down further in the show. This might be the perfect time to kind of segue on into it. I was having a conversation with some of my coworkers who are all younger than me. I am the, the second oldest person on my team uh, by – actually, I'm the third oldest. My manager is 10 years older than me. My, one of my coworkers has the same dearth, birthday to me, but she's a year older than me exactly. And then the other 10 people on my team are all younger than me by 5 to 10 years or 15 years. And, the, and so I was talking to the, the three guys on my team. Let me just get to the point. 
which they are 27, 28, and 30, and I'm 42. And they were talking about how horrible Super Bowl halftimes were, and then they posited the the idea that the Super Bowl halftime show, um, halftime show, not the Super Bowl itself, the halftime show has been designed for women. They think that that's that's that the Super Bowl halftime show is all for women, and and then we they even started talking about how they don't get anybody quote unquote popular because I think Madonna is the uh, the person this year that's going to be the Super Bowl halftime along with uh, Kylie Minogue or whatever her name is and MIA and to be honest with you I couldn't tell you a single thing that either one of them have done, um, but they and then I went back and looked through the last ten years or so and it was like. Um, uh, Rolling Stones, um, the really ugly guy. What's his name? Blonde hair, Petty. No, oh, Petty. Tom Petty. Tom Petty. I mean, it was a lot of older acts, and and uh, it was just really interesting. So, what do you, what do you guys think? Is the Super Bowl halftime show something people even watch? At once we had the uh, nipple gate from you know ten years ago with Justin and and what's her face. Was uh, it really ten years ago? Was it that long ago? Pretty close. Yeah. And that was an accidentally good Super Bowl. Well, I don't know. They claim it was an accidentally good Super Bowl, but there wasn't. And and good is relative. (laughs) Right. There wasn't anything worth watching in that halftime until her nipple popped out. And that was only moderately worth watching. Uh, But yeah. And and then the DVR almost got broken. Right. Yeah. uh, (laughs) TiVo keeps stats of that. And it was like the most rewound 30-second clip ever in the history of TiVo. uh, Well, and then. Yeah. And then that that just spawned an incredibly huge slew of parodies and everything, which is great. But I'm just looking back here. So we got Madonna this year. Um, last year, of course, was the Black Eyed Peas, Usher, and Slash. So that was a fairly modern one other than Slash. And it was horrible, by the way. The audio Terrible. was ridiculous. Can, 2010, I- The Who. The Who, yeah. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. Uh, yeah. Tom Petty. Prince. The Rolling Stones. Paul McCartney, uh, Janet Jackson, and Justin Timberlake was 04, so it was eight years ago. Eight I years think- ago, and then uh, all the last seven years, with the exception of Black Eyed Peas, it was people that were popular in the 70s and 80s. I just thought that was really interesting. Well, maybe the producers of the show are stuck in the 80s. Uh, but can I just take a tangent? Well, of course I can. It's my show. I can do that. But uh, about audio production in television as as a self-admitted audio snob it kills me that nobody on television seems to know how to mix music the super bowl uh, halftime shows are always terrible uh uh, american idol the mixes are always terrible it's like it's like go go to any bar down on on sixth street in austin pick a drunk guy out of the crowd and have him mix your show it will be better the one exception I've seen is, uh, I don't know if you even cared to watch it. I don't know how many people watch it. I don't know if it's popular or not. It was the sing off, which was the acapella show that came that, you know, that just finished not too long ago. Um, that show, the audio on it was fantastic to the point that I made note of it and even mentioned to Cheryl, how good this show sounds compared to X factor, America's got talent, American idol, the voice, all of those. It, it was incredible. Well, I think that's par for the course. I think anymore the the audio engineer is a lackluster position, and no one will fill it because of the fact that there are, there are those audio snobs like you, Mark. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well, uh, then you'd think I'm, it would I be hard, wouldn't be hard to find one then. Yeah, well, exactly, which is why they have some hack that doesn't know what they're doing 
or isn't even in the room to mix the thing. And I think that's part of the problem. The audio engineer isn't on the field when they mix. They're sitting in the booth somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it just it just seems to me that if you have a vocalist holding a mic, maybe you want to turn that mic on. I, I, maybe that's just crazy thinking. But it seems that, to me. That is crazy, Mark. That's crazy. <laughs> We've lost Sean. Maybe we'll get him back here in a minute, but he, he dropped out. Uh, so uh, I want to move on to uh, something uh, a little uh, a little more serious. Uh, an interesting thing, uh, Newt Gingrich uh, campaigning in Florida this week, or, or this last week, rather, uh, reiterated something he'd said a, a number of times before, that he wants to, to go back to space. He wants to uh, spend American dollars back in space research. And he says that uh, uh, by the end of his second term, because, you know, he's very confident. He's not only going to be elected once, but twice. By the end of his second term, uh, America will have a permanent base on the moon and it will be in, it will be done without government funding. It'll be done all by private, uh, funding. Now, I'm not going to get, I'm going to hold my commentary. I'm just going to ask what you guys think about that just on the surface. Sounds like a great idea. All right. You didn't ask, now you didn't ask me if I think it'll actually happen. <laughs> but it sounds like a great idea. <laughs> well, I think that's going to be the, the, the driving factor to get a place on the moon is the private sector. And since uh, obviously the government sector can't do anything about it, maybe the private sector can do it. Now, see, I completely and utterly disagree with that. And let me tell you why. What is the upside for a private enterprise to invest billions of dollars in putting a, uh, uh, a moon base on the moon? What, what, well, what do they have to gain? Because if you put a moon base on Saturn, it would just be silly. <laughs> yeah, and so you could say, uh, I've heard people say space tourism or whatever. You're never going to recoup billions of dollars in space tourism. Not only that, but businesses today, particularly in this current economy, are, are, are shy of any losses. Anything that looks like a dip in, in a half a quarter, they will run away from, and they will fire CEOs. H how are you going to go to the moon and not lose billions of dollars over the course of decades. It takes a government to be able to lose billions of dollars and not expect gain. Now, there is lots of gain. There's scientific gain. I'm all for space research, even though um, on paper, in terms of you know net profit, the, the moon race in the, in the 60s and 70s didn't gain us anything. It was an amazing time in terms of scientific advancement. I mean, I wouldn't have a microwave uh, oven in my kitchen if it hadn't been for uh the we choose to go to the moon speech so i you know i recognize that cell phones all these things that we have are either direct or indirect offshoots of space exploration so it's a good thing but i just don't think there's any business out there that's going to undertake that and if they do they're probably bad businessmen and they're not going to last very long that's my thought I mean, do you think i actually read a sci-fi book a while back and bounce i can't remember what it was the name of it but um and and there was an expedition to some far planet using warp travel or some craziness like most sci-fi books have and they it was underwritten it was the marines going but the ship that the marines rode on was underwritten by a private company because of the expected uh scientific information of course there was an alien race there so they're expecting were, were alien they mining tech. unobtainium no thank the lord and there were no blue Indians, and it wasn't named Dances with Aliens. Um, so, <laughs> the, uh, but is there, I guess the question, is there any way you could do the math that 
if some far out space, you know, tourism actually happened or just the scientific evidence and study and information from that and the speaking engagements and the sole rights to go there and things like that could, could turn out to be put the company in the black. Is that ever possible? I don't know if Newt's done the math or if he's just speaking, you know, in hyperbole to excite people. You'd have to have a really, really long-term view, uh, and, you know, maybe decades out to, uh, generations out. Um, you could see a profit, but what, what private enterprise in today's economy can, can even afford to think like that? I mean, when you've got, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> well, no, I mean, uh, ask, uh, Tom of MySpace how fast a fortune can disappear. Uh, I'm yeah. sure he's not begging for sandwiches. <laughs> um, or if he had a really bad financial advisor. So I, I don't know. Uh, I just think that, uh, Newt, well, well, one thing, let's talk about just the presidential thing. Newt is saying, if I'm president, private people are going to go to the moon. Is there anything stopping them from doing that now? What is his presidency going to do that will make that happen? Tax cuts to the wealthiest 1%. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like a, well, I just want to go to the moon right off or something. I, I just want to segue into my, my next thing here, Mark. Fact, the moon exists. Fact, people will go to the moon. Fact, it's the best place to go because it is the biggest object in our sky. Anybody know what who I was doing the omelette to there? Anybody? Dwight Schrute from The Office. Newt Gingrich and Dwight Schrute are the same person separated by a time bubble. <laughs> if you look at the link I put in the show notes, Newt Gingrich, 1972, or whatever year looks, just like Dwight Schrute. I mean, it's scary. It's actually very scary, but that's that, that's enough of that. I, that's, I just wanted to mention that in case you did, if you didn't realize that already. Wow, wow, yeah, I'm looking at that. That is crazy. I have never seen one episode of The Office. Don't throw stones. Don't judge me, but I've never seen a single episode. You would, you would, uh, you would like it, Mark. Just for its pure, pure ludicrousness, well, ludicrousness. Like so I might. Yeah, but I, I wanted to jump on. You mentioned something. Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. This uh, is a big week in Facebook history. They filed a prospectus for an IPO, and yes, they did. their valuation was somewhere between eighty-five and a hundred billion dollars. Is Facebook worth a hundred billion dollars? And should we buy stock in it? Only if you're crazy and stupid. Well, Explain that, Chris. Why do you think it would be crazy and stupid? I think the main reason I think that is because of the fact that um, it's an internet thing. Look at Facebook and then look at MySpace. Um, you could draw a very similar parallel to both of those things. And I think what's going to happen is we're going to have another, um, you know, maybe not next year, but a couple of years from now, we're going to end up in the same place where MySpace is, where um, Facebook just goes away because everyone moves to the next big thing. I, I think that's definitely possible, but... Uh uh, you know, what's to say you can't go ahead and, and make your money now? Well, well, let me tell you what's to say you can't. You won't be able to buy any stock. Uh, the way IPOs work is, uh, they, you sort of, uh, pre-select who gets to buy stock and, uh, uh, and maybe the few, uh, shares that are left over go to super high price customers of, of, uh, you know, uh, Fidelity Investments or, or those guys. Uh, and so by the time you get to buy stock, it'll be because they're selling it. So they're going to buy it at, I don't know, a buck a stock, wait till it goes up to 100, 
then cash out and then you'll be able to buy it at a hundred. Yeah. If you're lucky. Right. Um, so did, you, did you hear about the graffiti artist that, uh, Facebook employed? No. Yeah. Whenever, uh, so apparently, apparently this guy, um, like I found the link here. Let me pull it up real quick. He did a bunch of graffiti at the Facebook office. Um, seven years ago. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to find his name, David Cho. And he thought the whole social network idea was ridiculous and pointless. But anyway, he, but nonetheless, he accepted a few thousand pounds of shares as payments. He's British apparently. And so <laughs> this guy's like, yeah, this is stupid, but sure. I'll take some shares to, to do some tags on your walls and do some graffiti. So now he's looking to make $200 million. Right. When this goes public, because he had the nice. foresight or audacity to take shares instead of cash seven years ago. Yeah. And what the reason they're filing for an IPO is that uh, if you have more than $500 million in value and more than 500 investors, if I think if I've got my numbers right, you have to go public. That's uh, uh, the rules in the U.S. And so just last year, they hit that. So they had to file. They had a year to file. Uh, for to go public, to have an initial public offering. Cause, so you can't be a private company with more than 500 investors because then you're not a private company. So, so Well, I wonder if, if that has something to do with their initial pricing because uh, they're talking about how they're going to be uh, opening up at like a 25 or 26 uh, to 1 premium, which is – outrageous i mean it, it's way higher than uh even previous tech stocks that had an initial very slow you know quick initial run-up and then quickly fell off and uh at like three to one and five to one and eight to one and they're running at 25 to 25 26 to one uh it just seems like it's going to be a, a big flop but i'm wondering if maybe that you know the they really don't care. Maybe that's kind of what they're they're looking at, or maybe just making an initial huge grab, money grab, uh, knowing that that's going to happen. But hey, if they're forced in the situation, why not? You know, right. turn it around and work in your favor. Professor Messer in the chat room uh, makes the comment that he would like to have had the opportunity to get Google shares at a hundred dollars. When I, I said that, you know, you might get yeah. Facebook at a hundred dollars, uh, but Google shares after their initial IPO were down for like three years and then started climbing back. And I'm I'm not convinced Facebook is going to be here three years from now. Maybe I'm just a uh, um, you know an old fuddy-duddy, but I think that uh, the web is far too fickle for Facebook to be a good solid bet because all they are is a game site and a social network site, uh, and they have yet to find a way to uh, expand beyond that. Google is struggling to expand beyond what it is. They're just lucky that ad revenue in search is still keeping them floating, but they're trying to find another business and haven't succeeded yet. And and Facebook doesn't even have search. Everybody has to use some search engine on the web. You, you cannot use the web, you know, uh, in any meaningful way without a search engine. You can use the web all day, every day, and never touch Facebook. So I don't find that a fair well, comparison, even though a lot of people says, are making says you, I was going to say, says you, Mark. <laughs> that's funny. I actually had two people, people this that's week. That's all they use their browser for. <laughs> Well, I didn't say that nobody does. I'm saying you can, and you don't need Facebook. It's actually funny that I had two people this week, the first two I've seen do this in a long time, announce it to their friends, of which I happen to be a couple, that they were leaving Facebook. One said, at the end of the month, you know, I'm going to sign off for the last time, and I'm done. You know, 
message me if you'd like my contact information or my email address if you don't already have it blah 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 and the other one just said bye yeah. i'm off of facebook i don't know why you know where they it was monopolizing too much of their time and they were going cold turkey or they felt like they kind of got what context out of it i'll be honest with you my use of it has changed drastically i used to really read statuses and feeds and and now mostly it's a way for me to share content with my family abroad because all my family lives back in texas and I use the messaging system to contact people sometimes if I don't have their email address, and I use it to schedule events if all the people happen to be on Facebook. Did you just call from Georgia to Texas abroad? No, I have family that lives in California also. <laughs> That's still not abroad. <laughs> I didn't say overseas. <laughs> but So uh, what would be your definition of abroad then? Would How about to Jersey? <laughs> Well, Texas is its own country, so if they're in Texas and I'm in Georgia, they are abroad. Okay. So, uh, But what I was going to say is uh, Facebook right now has, uh, so they say, 800 million users. Um, any stock is always going to be about growth. How far can you grow from 800 million users? There are only roughly 2 billion internet-connected users on the planet. So at best, they can slightly more than double in size. So how long? Yeah, you- but but that's that's users. That's not revenue. Uh, Professor Messer makes that point: is that the upside in the advertising, much like what Google did. I mean, Google was king of search, and then they became king of advertising. And uh, Facebook is, is early on in making that leap. So uh, there probably is a large upside to their advertising revenues. Um, so even though their user base may not have much you know, upside potential. I think the advertising has a huge upside potential. So Sean, uh, would you buy stock in Facebook, uh, at their IPO or as soon as it becomes available to the public? Absolutely not. It's way overvalued. So, I mean, it, you know, I mean, they are, they're looking at valuations that are multiples of what Google is. And yet there are a, a much smaller company all the way around revenues uh, uh size i mean you you just name it they're they're not even close so uh i i if anything i mean if i was looking to make a play on that i'd probably uh give it a day or two and then short the heck out of it what if i gave you an option to have the first go to the moon <laughs> if i gave you the first first moon rights option would you take it then Oh, I, I guess I I better jump in here for legal reasons and say I am not a financial advisor. <laughs> Anything I do or say uh, is is strictly for entertainment purposes. So please don't go shorting Facebook stock because Sean said to do it. <laughs> that would be awesome. That we would file that under the all, all publicity is good publicity thing. If there was a lawsuit against you, we would at least Element Opie would be in the news. That would be awesome. It'd be even cooler if there was like some uh, newspaper article about this guy listened to this random radio show on the internet and went out and shorted Facebook stock and now he's a billionaire. (laughs) (laughs) That would be awesome. So while we're on the subject of social networks and uh, Google and and Facebook, Google Plus. Aaron, you asked the question, is Google Plus even worth the effort? Yeah, I was doing a little just digging about it because I, I had neglected it, neglected it for a while myself. I do have an account. I, I mean, we're using Google Plus right now um, amongst the show members to do the video uh, and to share our show notes and what have you. And I just, uh, you know, I, I thought, you know, other than that, I haven't t- 
touched Google Plus to really to speak of. So I did a little digging and found an article, um, which Mark will stick in the show notes, I'm sure, talking about the growth and usage of Google Plus, because it is the only thing out there really that's even trying at all to put a dent in Facebook. We're talking about is Facebook ever going to be replaced? And you know, the, the final tag of the whole article says, so half of Facebook's 800 million plus users use Facebook every day. So Facebook has 400 million active users. 60% of Google Plus's 90 million users use some Google product right. every day. Apparently, you know, when, when the Joe Schmo, whatever his name is, was, was talking about it, he said that they use Google products. He didn't, he was clearly sidestepping how many of them actually use Google Plus each day. And so, uh, I don't know, um, you know, I haven't put any effort into it, to be honest with you. So, I'm, I'm asking you guys, do you use it? Have you found it to be beneficial? Is it, is it good? Do you, do you think it even has a chance? Google um, Plus is my favorite um, social network. I like it way better yep. than Facebook. I like it better than Twitter. And it is my social network of choice. Uh, now, I admit, I'm a geek. And it's the geeks who are there right now. It's the geeks and the news hounds and the photographers, pretty much. But I think that there is um, more growth potential in in Google because they're so integrated in your everyday lives and because everybody who uses any Google service sees that little bar up at the top. I think there's way more growth potential in Google Plus than in Facebook. Do you think it's better because it's smaller? Is that part of it? It hasn't become bloated as much yet? I don't think so. I think they just they fundamentally did things different from the beginning and they, they, were, they had the benefit of being late to the game. Speaking of games, those are hidden away in a tab. You never have to see them, ever. Yeah, there's there's no crap in there. I mean, that's that's the big one for me. Um, but what it's turned into for me, Aaron, is uh, it, it more of a the professional social network. So maybe uh, what LinkedIn was hoping to be, uh, Google Plus has become for me. So I really went in and started really looking for technology. Uh, you know, people that were in technology and education and things like that. And I really built that network out for that. And I love that stream because anytime I have to do any kind of research for any of our shows or for work or anything else, I can pop into Google Plus and I find this wealth of information. And the way that it's presented is better than any other social network as well. Uh, even Twitter. Twitter oftentimes... Uh, especially before Google Plus was kind of presented as that uh, where you could get a lot of great information real quick. But uh, Google Plus, in my opinion, does it a heck of a lot better as long as you have your circles built out right. And that, that's the big one is if you're like Mark said, if you if you don't have a little bit of geek in you, uh, if you don't sculpt it right, then you're not going to get it. Yeah. I also think one of the I mean, Google Plus has problems. It's new. And so it's got it's got issues from newness, uh, but uh, right now, for example, there's no way to get anything into Facebook short of going to the, uh, excuse me, Google Plus, short of going to the Google Plus website and typing it in the box or using their mobile app. You can't, right. you can't in like for, there's for no podcasts, tweet text. for podcasts, I would love to be able to link to our shows when they come out. Just put my RSS feed in there. Can't do that. And I understand Google, why they're choosing to do that. They want to, to, to not just be another conduit of crap. Because, you know, that's often what Facebook is. People ask, how can I get my Twitter stuff into Facebook? I don't really care about Facebook. It's just another place I want my tweets to go. Um, and, and so they're trying to prevent that from happening. But it also uh, creates, like, you can't schedule posts, for example. And there, there, there are no clients other than their own. There's no API released. So there, there are a lot of issues, but I think they will grow into those. Mm. 
See, I like Google Plus. The, my biggest issue is the fact that it always seems like there's nobody there that will answer replies when you eat, no matter what circle I send them to. I always feel like I'm not getting any feedback back from my circles, even though I have tons and tons and tons of people in them. I get more engagement on my Facebook circles than I do my Twitter feed. On your well, yeah, Facebook or, or your Google circles? Sorry, you said Google, Google Plus circles. I get more engagement there than I do on Twitter. Yeah, well, I get. I would say right now my Twitter feed's got a little more engagement than my Google Plus feed does, but I do have more maybe natural conversations on Google Plus because like on Twitter it seems to be like a quick one-shot out where Google Plus is like a conversation. Yeah, and Google Plus allows you to have conversations. Facebook kind of does. Uh, and, uh, Twitter does not at all. The conversations are crap on Twitter and, and worse than that, conversations are public. I've got friends on Twitter who insist on having entire, uh, two and three hour dialogues with each other that I have to watch because I happen to be following them both. Yeah. I, <laughs> every I other saw that conversation, uh, was that yesterday, Mark? Well, when you're talking, it happens, it happens every day on my feed. Yeah. Every other, every other, um, post in my Google plus is. Aaron was in a hangout with Mark. <laughs> it's because that's all you use it for. <laughs> that's all I use it for. Exactly. So I just didn't know. I was really out. That was a sincere question. And I thought maybe the audience would benefit from it. Um, from, from you guys perspective is should I even, should I invest the time in it? Cause it takes a little time to build those circles out and, uh, and uh, to flesh well, that, you know, group of people out. If you can. Um, and again, this is back on the professional side, but, uh, it's a little harder to do with family and friends, but on the professional side, if you can seek out people who are vocal and using Google plus often, which is, uh, because I'm like, Chris, I have a lot of people in my circles, but I've, I, I have probably a good 20 or 30 of them in there out of the hundreds and hundreds that I have, but there's 20 or 30 that are very active. And, uh, so it, it, it's, you know, if you can get those active people, then you're going to see a lot more value in the feed that you have. Uh, but if, if not, if you have just a, a huge circle of people who signed up initially and aren't really using it anymore, then, uh, yeah, it's, there's not going to be much point in it. All right. So moving right along, are we done with that topic? Yes. Sean, I want to talk about Demi Moore because I like anything that has a picture of her in it. So, yeah, on. well, uh, I guess I'll jump into the story first and then uh, we'll, we'll talk about pictures of her. But uh, so uh, if I guess only if you've been living under a rock, you haven't probably already heard about this. But uh, there was a 911 call placed from Demi Moore's house. Uh, and basically she had sort of OD'd on something. Uh, in the call, they, they talk about the caller actually talks about uh, how she's convulsing and uh, she smoked, uh, quote unquote, something and uh, kind of like incense. Um, and there's been speculation as to what she smoked. And uh, uh, Dr. Drew was talking about how she maybe was uh, inhaling nitrous. And so there's been a lot of speculation around that. I haven't seen uh, anything definitive as far as uh, what caused it. But uh, the calls out there all over the Web and it's uh, it's a pretty interesting listen. But. Uh, first one, Mark, I want to ask you, uh, have you seen any of the pictures of her lately? I, I didn't realize she looks, uh, well, she looks like a, a kind of like a crack hoe. I mean, she's, yeah. uh, she's pretty anorexic now. Crypt yeah. keeper is what comes to mind. Not, what's that? Crypt keeper. Yeah. She's, like uh, yeah. Uh, so, so there's that. <laughs> yeah. She uh, is a shadow of her former self, but, uh, um, 
you know, she's also what seven hundred and ninety three years old. So it's I think she's about, older. Yeah. Two. yeah. And she's a she's a cougar without a husband now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but it, it also brought up an interesting kind of angle on this. I've seen some articles written about this, and uh, George Clooney came out and uh, kind of blasting the media for for uh, letting the nine or not the media, but the authorities for letting the nine one one tapes out. And then they say, well, they have to by law, and. Uh, uh, so I want to get everybody's take on that because it's a kind of interesting thing. I mean, these are, uh, I, I, I don't have that article up anymore, but somebody made the point that these are uh, kind of uh, public services right. that the public should be able to monitor, you know, make sure that these services we pay for are actually uh, doing what they're supposed to do. And we've all heard the, the 911 tapes where the 911 operator doesn't take it seriously or does something wrong. And so should we be able to scrutinize those? Should they be freely uh, available to the public? Before I answer your question, I just to say, I know my wife is listening to the show because she just sent me an IM and said, she's my age. So, oh! <laughs> <laughs> so your wife is 700 and what? Oh, wow. Yeah. So oops. that's a, that's a oops for sure. That is by definition an oops. <laughs> I think that would be more of an oops. That's a foot in mouth syndrome yes. there. Yes. Fortunately, I have a very comfortable couch, so I'm okay with that. But it, to answer she, your, she just happens to be listening to the episode where it hasn't been all penises and butts. <laughs> no, no crotch mints or butt, butt mints yet. Um, so, yes, to answer your question, I think that's perfectly okay. It's a public service uh, that is being paid for by public funds. If you use that public service, it should be um, – a matter of public record just like if you go to the courthouse and file for a marriage license that goes into a matter of public record you can't make that happen if you file for divorce that's a matter of public record certain things are just public and um, you know I'm okay with that now the the other side of that argument they're saying is that now uh, maybe celebrities will be less likely to call on emergency services because of this well, that's a good business opportunity. See, what you can do is start up a private uh, 911 service just for celebrities, just like they have private security, that sort of thing. So you just set, that, like you set up a discreet 922 service, <laughs> and, uh, or you just give them, like, you know, the life alert buttons, right? So they, they right. just have their buttons on them at all time. Um, yeah, hey, I, I think I just came up with another million-dollar idea there. Yeah, that somebody else will end up doing. Right. <laughs> I've fallen and I can't reach my Dolce and Cabano bag. <laughs> See, what'll happen is, you know, these these celebrities are so entitled. Is what'll happen is they'll push the button and the the emergency person will come over and go, "I ran out of crack. Can you go get me some more?" <laughs> Possible. Yeah. Bring us more weed, stat. <laughs> the sad thing is, you're probably right, Mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you adjust my thermostat? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's see what's next. Uh, yeah, oh, good, good. More weed stat. Somebody else is typing that. I was gonna. Yeah, that, that that's me. I'm getting it in there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, okay, uh, now let's get on to something a little goofy. Uh, this is what I'm calling the force is strong with this one. David Allen Canterbury, and I love the fact that anytime, like, you always know middle names, right, of, of like, presidential assassins, yep. right? Uh, John Wilkes Booth, you know, uh, you always Lee know Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, and apparently this guy is on the same par in the media as a, uh, um, 
presidential assassin because he's David Allen Canterbury. And this guy goes into a Toys R Us in Oregon, um, grabs a couple of toy lightsabers, and starts beating the crap out of people in the store with them. <laughs> and then the police come. This is my favorite part of the story. The police come and launch tasers at him. He blocks the tasers with the, with the lightsabers, <laughs> and they can't get him. Of course he does. <laughs> and so, so the force is strong with this one. Uh, of course, finally, they give up on the tasers and realize he's holding two pieces of plastic. And then they tackle him and drag him off to an insane asylum. He he played no contest to fourth degree assault. I didn't know it could get that far <laughs> down. <laughs> First degree is like, you know, a gun. Second degree is a bat. Third degree is like a noodle. And fourth right. degree is a plastic lightsaber, yeah. apparently. You gave him a hangnail. That's a fourth degree <laughs> assault. Uh, but that's just a, in the cops though rolling up on this. I mean, I'm sure they looked at this guy. They just hung their head and kind of just you know <laughs> shook their heads like, what are we gonna do with this guy? Yeah, or imagine that call. You know, somebody calls nine one one. There's a man here with two lightsabers and he's attacking people. <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you handle that? Are they right. green or red bladed? <laughs> <laughs> we need to know if he's Jedi or Sith. <laughs> Hide the younglings. We'll be there as soon as possible. I killed them all. All of them. That's horrible. <laughs> I wonder. So then do we have the controversy like who shot first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you just imagine you're you're minding your own business at Toys R Us, buying <laughs> Professor Messer in the chat room says, This is not the crazy guy you're looking for. <laughs> so exactly. you're you're just minding your own business, buying your kid a, a bar mitzvah present, and suddenly this dude whacks you in the back of the head with a lightsaber, and you turn around like WTF, you know, what's going on here? <laughs> and then he just starts whacking you and he's going nuts and, and attacking you. Uh, it, it just it's gotta be some like something out of a Kafka novel. <laughs> Oh, so many possible statements I could make at this moment, <laughs> quoting so many movies. I'm on brain overload. <sighs> it almost hurts trying to figure out something else to say about this. It was just nutty. Wow. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. So, uh, in some ways, I got to say mad props to David Allen Canterbury for your vicious lightsaber skills. Blocking a taser, that's that's pretty tough work because those things are little and they move fast. Yeah, um, that so was great. Good good, good job on that one. Um, let's see. <laughs> this is one, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to have to tell this story in a minute because I don't have my laptop jacked in and it's definitely one you have to listen to. So I'll, I'll move right on to uh, some people got some alarming news from Citibank this week in their uh, you know first of the year tax statements when they received a notice that their frequent flyer miles would be counted as taxable income, and they got 1099 forms for them. Wow. I, see, I don't know why that's news, because uh, I at least remember like the last two or three years, uh, my accountant saying, you know, asking that question, did you receive any frequent flyer miles or uh, even, I think, other parts of those reward programs, if they're substantial enough. Yeah, I just don't get it. I don't see how that's income. That is, well, uh, you know, a credit that you may or may not spend. How is that income? Well, I mean, but it, it's something. It's something that's been given to you that has a cash value. So uh, I, I think that's how the IRS looks at but it. But can you sell frequent flyer miles? I believe you can actually. 
or at least uh, you know on most of those programs you can trade them back in for uh, other products or services or things so i mean they're a negotiable instrument so uh yeah well they they, they did say that normally they're not taxable when you earn them as a reward because that's get, you get them for for spending money and it's a, it's a considered a rebate but when in this situation the people got them for opening an account and so it was a gift. Yeah, they call it, it was a sign-up bonus. And and what the article says is if you open an account at a bank and they give you a toaster, that toaster is taxable too. Or if you're Michael Moore and they give you a shotgun, that shotgun is taxable. You should fill out a 1099 for that. Technically it is, yep. So, uh, Crazy. Uh, yeah, I just, and Professor Messer says you can't technically sell frequent flyer miles to a third party. So if they're not liquid, how are they income? I don't get it. But then again, the, I could put that in volume 17 of things about the U.S. tax code I don't get. Right. Right. Yeah, well, the IRS likes to do, uh, like I said, anything that is, you know, has some sort of value. You know, I mean, obviously, you can use them to purchase things. So I'm sure the, the IRS looks at it that way is just trying to figure out a way to uh, get their greedy little paws on it. That's exactly right. How can we make more money off of people? Of course. So, <laughs> um, the next one I think is awesome. It's the first time this has ever happened. The Super Bowl is going to be streamed online this year, courtesy of NBC.com. And I think I that is wondering, just crazy. I was wondering what that link was, Mark, because you put the link in the show notes and I went to it and it was obviously a Super Bowl page, but it didn't really give any, any indication of what was going on there. So they're going to stream it live? Yep, you'll be able to watch it if you have... Uh, Verizon, they have a special deal where there's a mobile app and you'll be able to actually um, watch it on your phone or, or uh, uh, tablet device. But for anybody else, anybody except iPad users, because it'll be Flash, uh, can watch the uh, Super Bowl uh, on, on the web. And NBC has been doing that all this year. They have uh, uh, Sunday Night Football has been on, streamed online. And, and, and not only is it just streamed, but like all their cameras that they have, all the different angles that are running all the time anyway, they put to that feed. So you can switch cameras on your own and you can watch whatever you want. You can dial up their replay camera and you can direct this and you have a totally unique experience to watching it than uh, what goes out on the air. And I think that is just uh, awesome. And I hope that it is a, a, a harbinger of things to come. Now, Mark, right. you're telling me that you can watch any NFL game that's on NBC online. Cause in, anytime I've tried to watch a game online like that, I've always had the, this is blacked out due to this is not being rebroadcast, blah, blah, blah. Well, this year NBC only had Sunday night football, right? Cause the others were ABC and CBS. So uh, it was only Sunday night football that was streaming and their playoff games that they were streaming. Uh, but so all the playoff games have been streamed and now the Super Bowl. Interesting. So I really hope that uh, this means that that people are finally understanding that there is a market out there that people are uh, are wanting to to watch this stuff uh, in in things other than the the screen in in their living room. Yeah, I mean, we the reason one of the reasons I didn't even realize that they had done that this year is because we have Direct TV because we couldn't watch the Cowboys in our local market about half the time. If it had been available streaming, I'd been happy to sit through the same commercial streamed. Exactly. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, I could be part of that demographic they're going after. I mean, I don't have 
any cable, satellite, any kind of regular standard television. I get all of my media uh, through the internet. So, you know, Netflix and, uh, you know, whatever else. So I love it. Yeah. Like you said, Mark, I hope that's the way that, uh, it goes in the future. Yeah. And I think, um, I think maybe that's what it is. There's so many cable cutters out there who, who are only using Netflix and streaming and, and Hulu and that sort of thing that they're finally realizing, you know, we're, we don't have as many eyeballs on our ads anymore as we used to. Um, so now let's put it online and get eyeballs for our ads. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, think about it because our kids are like that next generation. Our kids are, are going to, as they progress and get older, uh, television is going to be something that old people do. So, you know, why not? I mean, start making that transition because as those kids grow up and become consumers, uh, it's, you're more likely going to be getting ads in front of them in front of a computer screen. I yep. agree completely. As do I. I can say that already, too. My son he would rather be watching YouTube than watching anything on the TV anymore. That's my daughter. I mean, five years old, and she wants me to pick, uh, pull up. Uh, right now, her big thing is uh, that we uh, pull up Taylor Swift music videos on YouTube. That's what yep. she wants. To do. She doesn't want to watch TV. I apologize for that. I know that's got to be difficult for you. Uh, it's, you know, daddy-daughter time. We make the sacrifices. <laughs> uh, there you go. Okay, so this next one, um, I got to play uh, a video clip for you. Um, and this is a case of, you know, <laughs> it, it's it's sort of a dual uh, dual-edged sword. Part of me wants to say, grow up and be an adult, and another part of me wants to say, I would be doing exactly the same thing. This is hilarious. So uh, this is a news story um, about animal cruelty, and it's a shame that Eric isn't here this week because I would yeah. love to hear his comments on this show. But uh, this is, uh, I believe, San Diego. Uh, newscaster. Yeah. So uh, let me cue it up here and I'll just play it for you. Oops. Let me just cue it up here and I'll <laughs> play it for you. Massive cockfighting operation in San Diego, California Saturday and discovered nearly 2,000 cocks. The 20-acre site is believed to be one of the largest cocks. Cockfighting operations in the West. The Humane Society found the cocks in cages, tons of trees, and just sticks in the ground. Authorities found also seized cockfighting paraphernalia, including vitamins and sharp metal blades that are fastened to the legs of the cocks. <laughs> and it really is horrible. Fortunately, many of those chickens, male chickens, have been saved. She couldn't say it again. She has chickens. Yeah, I had to had to go with mail. Oh wait, I, I dropped it too soon. They're going to the. Oh, let me back this up because they're trying to they're trying to throw it to the news, and they just absolutely can't because their inner middle schooler is just going nuts with it. Yeah, they throw it over to the uh, the weather girl. Yeah, and it really is horrible. Fortunately, many of those chickens, male chickens, have been safe. Back at home, the weather has been wonderful. But if you're planning to get outdoors tomorrow for Memorial Day, Jackie Johnson standing by to rescue us. Jackie, take it away, please. Oh, that's hilarious. Thank you, Jamie. Well, well, we did luck out on the weather this weekend. It was absolutely... So, there you go. Did, did nobody hand the lady a thesaurus? Yeah. <laughs> she could have looked up a synonym. You could have said rooster <laughs> every time. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite, favorite part about that is the, the, the line, more than 2,000 cocks in cages. 
<laughs> well, um, it's funny because I had the almost a similar thing happen today. I was in a meeting with about 20 medical professionals, you know, physicians, nurses, administrative staff. This young guy, 23 years old or whatever, is doing this demonstration on the software and he's demonstrating a physical exam thing and he's going through and he's clicking and he's like, it's broken down by sections. So he's like, uh, you know, pulmonary, um, uh, you know, lungs are clear, no rasping, blah, blah, blah. Click, click, click. And he clicks on vagina. <laughs> and then he he clicks on it and then he pauses and then he unclicks it and clicks something else. He can't leave it. And everybody just starts laughing. And they can't help it. And he says, I was just going to try to move on, but I couldn't. You know, and even in the midst of a bunch of professionals, it still happened. You know, everybody started laughing and couldn't, and couldn't get away from it. Yeah, I remember... Um a story that uh, um, the here's your sign guy. What's his name? Oh, uh, Larry the Cable Guy. The other one. Uh, it's not Tater Salad. It's not Jeff Foxworthy. It's the other one. <laughs> anyway, I'm blanking on his name Wait, right now. Ron White? Are you talking about Ron White no, or no? That's Tater Salad. No, the here's your salad guy. The 15 degrees off cool. Anyway, he tells a story about the first time he went to the doctor alone. He went to the wrong place. He ended up going to a gynecologist's office, and the and you know he's 13 years old. He's trying to look intelligent and like like he knows what i've he heard this bit yeah and he says you know this is an OBGYN, right well yes of course i do uh and then he's filling out the thing and one of the things is do you have any menstrual problems well sure i wouldn't be here if i didn't of course i do and <laughs> bill engvall bill engvall that's right there we go so it's just funny there's certain things that are uh so ingrained so you know i could just imagine if somebody if one of you guys you know i've i've made the the ron burgundy analogy before if you put cocks in cages um, in the show notes, I would read that and not think twice about it. My brain would be disengaged, but apparently, <laughs> I mean, cause the first few times she said it, right. But when she was talking about razor blades attached to the cocks and, and, and this, she just, it was more than she could handle. I know. it. Well, it's funny. I had a, a similar kind of embarrassing thing happen like that where, um, uh, I was working with somebody, I worked at a dermatology office and part of the software we had had actual pretty detailed line drawings of all different parts of the body so you could notate things. So I had this young girl who was about 26, 27, who was showing me the software and we're looking at the different images and the one at the bottom says Z-male, the letter Z and M-A-L-E and Z-female. And she's like, I don't know what this one is. Click and bam, there's a giant, you know, full-size picture of a penis. And, uh, <laughs> and she's like, you know, trying to click off. It's like, no, slow motion, can't get her finger to the mouth fast enough. And the other person in the office was so modest and embarrassed. She had renamed male to Z-male and Z-female, so it would be at the bottom of the list. Oh, so people would actually awesome. click on it. We're like, what is Z-male? So she got prick rolled. <laughs> she did. Oh, there you go. There's the title. Oh. <laughs> There's a title for us. She got oh. prick rolled. <laughs> oh, my word. So she was clicked on something unsuspecting, and before you know it, 2,000 cocks and cages with razor blades jump out at her. <laughs> Tied to them. <laughs> okay, the next thing I wanted to talk about is this just – it's one of those that you have to be drunk and, and the guy in the story says that he's drunk, but you could only come up with this plan if you were drunk. So Clyde Gardner, uh, apparently he's not at the same uh, level as, uh, a, uh, a lightsaber doer because we don't know his middle name. Clyde Dar Gardner decided he was going to murder his estranged ex-girlfriend. And the way he was going to do it was go out and kill a bear, put the bear skin on. Dwight attack fruit. her while wearing the bearskin, 
and make it look like a bear had attacked her. He was going to carve her up with the bear claws and do this in broad daylight so that people would think that a bear had attacked her. Then he realized that, you know, this is actually a pretty difficult plan because first off, I got to kill a bear and then I got to crawl inside said bear and then I got to kill my girlfriend. I think it'll be easier just to put a hit out on her. So that's what he did. And that's how he ended up in jail. Yeah, to like a, uh, a, a semi-casual acquaintance. It's right. not like he went and asked his best friend or something. It's just, you know, <laughs> hey, buddy, you know, uh, if I give you 15 grand, will you yeah. kill my girlfriend? And yeah, no, surprisingly, no, no, no. that dude ran to the police. No, the funny thing is it wasn't here's 15 grand. It was here's $500. I'll give you 14 five later. Wink, wink. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, sure, that money's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because you know every guy that goes around planning to kill bears and use them in an attempted murder on his ex-girlfriend has 15,000 cash laying around. Right. Maybe he could cash in some <laughs> frequent flyer miles. But the question is, is why why a girlfriend? If it was a girlfriend, just leave. Well, that's he had been kicked out uh, uh, like in September. She kicked him out. And they have kids together, so they've been together a long time. Um but yeah, he just decided he didn't like the fact that she threw him out of the house, so he was going to dress up like a bear and maul her. Maybe there's other things. Maybe he's one of those furry guys who likes being just up in furry animals. <laughs> the scary thing is that's the first place my mind went to. I pictured him in like a big like panda bear outfit, walking around going, Rawr! 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 <laughs> wow. So that that's the the one I'm calling the almost perfect plan. Well, it, it, it to me just the, the the sheer thought that it went through that he was going to wear it on him, wear the bear skin, so that he wouldn't leave footprints. Right. Also. Professor Messer in the chat room says he should have just contracted a bear and saved time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those guys work for honey. You were going to say, Chris? I was going to say, now, this is almost the Darwin Award because, you know, if you would have tried to go kill a bear, there might not be a story at all here. Yeah. yeah he, I, I they'd have found detailed notes at his house of how he had planned to kill the bear. Yeah. <laughs> I could picture, you know, the eyewitness report. This weird bear walking on high on its hind legs with a giant gaping bullet hole through its head attacked that woman uh, this is the news story i would hear man killed today by police officer as he attempted to maul his girlfriend <laughs> they thought they were shooting a bear right. yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> or he ends up spending the next 10 years in a zoo somewhere <laughs> actually <laughs> you know a drunk animal control guy takes him down locks him up <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't want to blow his cover, <laughs> so he keeps his mouth shut. You know, that's, that's like a replay of Trading Places, right? So he killed a female bear, and then he gets shoved in the in the zoo with <laughs> the big lonely male bear. <laughs> Come here, sweetie. You sure do got pretty paws. Wow. <laughs> he, he jumps out. I tried to kill her. I tried to it kill was her. Me. It was attempted murder. <laughs> Okay, and from that to uh, another uh, convicted murderer in Mississippi, uh, Aaron, take that one away. Well, I, I just uh, I just stumbled on this. I don't even remember how I found this article. So this Mississippi murderer was pardoned, uh, and and then he just pops up in Wyoming under an assumed name. Obviously, uh, the family of the victims that he had 
been convicted for the murder of were not too excited about the fact that he had gone missing, showed up in a different state under an assumed name, all this kind of stuff, fl- fled the police and showed back up on foot. And so I just really, I thought I'd be a, a quick uh, panel poll of what do you even think about governors and presidents and people pardoning people as their last act of office. Yeah, I mean, we, we that's talked a, about this actually a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, we touched on it in the show. That's what made me think about it again. But the problem was that the governor didn't do it properly. And and yeah. I said in that show that I think that is just insane that that it's expected, not only acceptable, but expected that the last act of an outgoing leader will be to let a bunch of criminals go free. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they're trying to ingratiate themselves some way, or is it is it spiteful? I mean, what's going on? I don't even know what they're thinking. Um, but every president has done it uh, in recent time, and governors do it all the time. It's just sort of standard practice, and and I don't get it honestly at all. Yeah, it's like their uh, their altruistic last act of leaving, you know, the the public office, you know, leaving that space. Because I mean, they're usually doing it, and they're going on to uh, retirement essentially, right? Yeah, where you can't you can't say anything about it, right? Yeah, you don't have to worry about getting elected for anything else, or you know. So it's always those guys that are going off into retirement, one way or the other, uh, that end up doing that. I don't know. Is that is that like a, a code or something, an unspoken code? If you're in an elected office that has that kind of power, I don't know. The next time I'm elected president, I'll let you know. Yeah, let, let me. <laughs> I'm gonna throw this out here just for the on this one particular case. Um, you know, this was a Mississippi governor that that let these people go uh as he closed out his second term as governor barber granted full pardons meaning the convict's record is effectively wiped clean full pardons to more than 200 people found guilty of a variety of crimes four were convicted murderers that he pardoned and they were serving life sentences now listen to this and worked as trustees at the governor's mansion right so i think that they had something on him they had found some dirt and they blackmailed him and this would make a great made-for-TV movie starring maybe, I don't know. Demi Moore? Uh, Demi Moore uh, with uh, <laughs> with Dwight Schrute playing the conspiracy theorist <laughs> with a cameo by Newt Gingrich as him as his older self. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know. That's just, that's just crazy. Just the whole idea that if the person deserved to be pardoned, if there was a reason to pardon them, why not pardon them four months into your right. Uh, governorship. Why do it as your last act? It just makes no sense. Well, I think it's obvious why do it as the last act because there's no repercussions for it then. Well, yeah. I mean, but why do yeah. it at all? I guess is what I'm saying. It, it doesn't seem to benefit you in any. I, I, I don't. And I mean, why, I just I put it in here more out of frustration than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to vent. It's just so stupid. What's interesting is the governor or the president or or whatever leader has the ability to pardon and wipe it clean, but not the ability to simply give them parole, where there's still a convicted felon who's on parole. Wouldn't it make more sense to give the, the leader that kind of power rather than just having, all right, we'll just wipe it clean entirely? I don't understand why they have that power at all. I don't, I don't understand the basis of it. Yeah. What's the point? It's a gubernatorial clemency. It's a, a common thing, though. Chris, you, you had a comment on this before you had to walk away? Yeah, I was going to say, um, this guy was a convicted murderer, right? Right. Yes. Okay. Correct. Why don't bring the death penalty back? That's my big thing. We still have the death penalty up here in Montana. You know, shoot him, hang him, zap him, you know, whatever. But, uh, we do that? Should we pee on him? 
<laughs> uh, I, was, I was just thinking the same thing. This is a good thing that Eric's not on the show. But uh, yeah, I think the, the the whole system has become lax. They need to to tighten the grip on if you're a murderer, eye for an eye, man. And especially if you have un you know unprovable thing that yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should Julia. She's all sorts of acting yeah. up about this one. So yeah. Well, here in yep. Texas, I mean, we we have an express lane in our death uh, chamber. I mean, when when if uh, I think if it's more than three people saw you commit the the act, uh, there's not ten years on death row. You go you go straight to the electric chair. You do not pass go. You do not collect two hundred dollars. Well, see, in Georgia is 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 still kind of not quite there. Obviously, we had a case where the, we had to go to full trial, jury trial, spend millions of dollars to convict a guy who snuck a gun into the courtroom and pulled it out and shot the judge in front of a room full of people right. on video. And we still didn't have a trial. <laughs> that should be a five-minute trial. Everybody should just shot right then. Did he it do it? Just... Yep. Fry the bastard. It shouldn't even have been a trial. It should have been, hey, he just shot that judge. Yeah, he did. Everybody saw him. Yes. Boom. Shoot him and kill him. <laughs> Why not? You're already in a courtroom, right? Yes. Everybody raise your hand if you think we should just yeah. go ahead and kill the guy. Yes. Just All bring right. the judge in from next door. And just take care of it right there. You've already got a jury Wait. in place. Yeah. Well, what's Wait, left let, of them? Let, let me be Eric. I'm gonna I'm gonna channel Eric for a second and just say that you know some uh, some psychedelic drugs could have been piped into that courtroom and the guy might not have done it at all. So we got to have a, a trial. I mean, everybody has to have a trial. And that affected the camera too, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. <sighs> Poor Eric. <laughs> he's not here to defend himself right i think eric would have been like eric would have said can i shoot him <laughs> in that case i think he'd been for it yeah uh if if you're uh, if this is your first show that you're listening to and you're wondering who eric is uh he's he's our as close to a liberal as we can get uh guys <laughs> and our resident kicking puppy too yeah. right right we love him for it and then for the last thing uh, that I wanted to talk about, uh, yeah, we're 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 okay for this show. That we routinely run an hour and a half on this one. Um, I saw something on the news today that made me think, and and that was such a painful and unusual experience. Uh, I wanted to share it with you. Um, that it was this news, and you hear it all the time. It was what whatever whatever exclusive news story. Uh, film at ten, okay. But here's the thing: <clears throat> is there any such thing as exclusive news anymore? Because I, I didn't try it, but I know I could go to Google and type in what they were looking at and find their exclusive news. Um, I think you get an exclusive interview, meaning you're the only one who got to do the interview, whether it gets disseminated by multiple sources or not. But no, you can't. You, there's no there's no such thing. There's been people, there's been certain uh, news venues who have gotten, you know, compl- what was the, who was that the other day, Mark? We were talking about they were wanting, they were complaining about Google, you know, spidering their website and reposting their content in, in search engine in their search engine you remember that well that's uh, rupert Murdoch. murdoch he's been complaining about that for years <clears throat> um, it's just, it's just, there, there's no way around it there is no there's no exclusive anything and and what's the benefit to exclusivity anymore i mean i i get you know we go back to advertising if you watch our 10 o'clock news and not the other guy's 10 o'clock news you'll see our ads and not the other guy's ads but really i mean what difference does it make news isn't new anymore uh, there's, I mean, 
with Twitter, there's no such thing as news. It, the Dolt. second it happens, it, it's thrown out there. So it's like if you've ever watched uh, CNN in the morning, they do this uh, this routine, right? So like every uh, on the tens they do this, and on the fifteens they do this, and and they just run this cycle hour after hour after hour after hour. And like the seventh hour they've been doing it, they'll still be using teasers like uh, breaking news. Well, it was breaking news at four a.m. It's now noon. It's not breaking news anymore. But no. you know, it's well, done. Been broke. Your eyeballs on the show, so they'll use whatever trick they can. Yeah. So anyway, that was, uh, I expected that to generate more discussion than it did. That one kind of went, wah, wah, wah. Everybody went, yeah, we agree, Mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there yep. is no such thing. Well, I was thinking, I don't know what made me think about that today, but I was actually thinking about CNN and just how much news they have to make up just to even get 24 hours worth of news a day that's, that's pertinent to the number of people who watch it. Uh, I, I don't know. Or, uh, embellish upon. Yeah, I'm not a big news hound myself. Anyway, I don't. I really don't watch broadcast news. Like you know, I don't watch the ten o'clock news or the eleven o'clock news. And I don't check the news every day. I figure if it's that important, everybody will shut, not shut up about it and tell me about it fifteen times, which happens all the time. I used to be a big, big newsy. I was. I was always watching the news. I was listening to news radio uh, until I realized that they, at every turn are not only underestimating, but entirely and overtly insulting my intelligence every chance they get. And it's not because I'm super intelligent. It's just because they pander to the lowest common denominator. Uh, and, and it just it infuriated me. And, I, and then, then I realized that it should really be called olds or the moderately newses. Yeah. Um, and, and so then, I, yeah, it's Twitter is my news. Well, there, and you're, you, I think you hit on the mark there, or on the head there, Mark. That the uh, the lowest common denominator is who they're shooting for, and that keeps getting lower and lower and lower. Right. Yeah, we had a lady at the the practice I worked at in Texas. Um, we called her Channel Fifty Six because you didn't have to read the newspaper or watch the news or anything because the first time anything happened, she had run from cubicle to cubicle and tell everybody about it. Did you hear we're invading Iraq? Did you hear we're invading Iraq? Yeah. Did you hear we're invading Iraq? Did you hear we're invading? Yes, Tina. I heard you tell the person in the cube beside me and the person in the cube across the hall from me. And I heard you down there telling Jane in the corner. <laughs> yeah. And that's when, it, anytime I get one of those, uh, if you get this email, don't click it or your teeth will fall out and your hair will rot. Uh, I always reply back with, if there was really a, a big virus going around like this, don't you think you would hear about it in some place other than an email? You would yeah. hear about it everywhere and not just some Facebook link somebody sent you. But that's a whole different story. Well, there we go. Trashing Facebook again. <laughs> <laughs> well, Facebook is made up of people. I know. And you know what I say about people. My rule about people is people, without exception, suck. So, oh, I didn't really, realize that. Yes, and and that that includes me, right? I'm not. I'm making not making an exception for me either. People suck. Just that's just the way it is. Well, and like I said, people suck and are stupid. You know, and that does fit <laughs> everybody too. Yeah. So there you go. One of my favorite movie lines ever is from Men in Black. And uh, the Will Smith character asked the Tommy Lee Jones character after he spent the night on the beat uh, bench in the park thinking about it. He says, why not just tell people? People are smart. And Kay says, no, a person is smart. People are blind, dumb, panicky animals. And I love yeah. that line. That's pretty true. Yeah. Just ask the stock market crash. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> 
<gasps> and the people who are falling all over themselves to buy Facebook stock on the first day are blind, dumb, panic animals, too. Or Apple products. Now we now have our show for, the, for today. Um, we, we're missing an anus reference. That's the only thing that's not hasn't been. We there did yet. talk about doing number one versus number two. Well, that's, that true. that's We true. slip that in and qualify that maybe. Okay. And then there's, there's a, one last thing here. Is that uh, for the show or not, Aaron? The uh, or whoever you know, it was just we were talking about the audio file. Um, I've got a link there, uh, and I have no idea what quality the link actually is. I didn't I didn't watch it because we're during. It, I pulled it up during the show. Of uh, the Dartmouth Airs, they're actually from Dartmouth College. It was a singing group. On the show, the sing-off, they actually got ended up getting second place this season, and they did a Queen medley, and it's pretty phenomenal uh, performance, and the audio on it's pretty incredible too. So I thought you guys might appreciate it. Um, I don't know if you want to try to play it on the show, or if you just want to wait until we're done broadcasting and recording, and then we can enjoy it together for a moment. Well, if it's not about cocks and cages, uh, that will probably get it was Queen. It was Queen. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Queen medley. Okay, just uh, uh, after he died or shortly before he died, the news broke that Fred Freddie Mercury was gay. And people were surprised by this? Really? No, I, th I think the news broke that he had HIV. I don't think that anybody was surprised by the fact that he was gay. Well, but I heard people say, I can't believe it. He was, you know, he was such a heartthrob. And then the way, no, really? Really? No. <laughs> yeah, that was people, that was people talking again. Yeah. That was people talking. That was people. That's right. And it's, you know, it's it's something about being a musician that can make the ugliest men in the world uh, able to get laid. I don't understand. Tom Petty. Yeah, Tom Petty, uh, Willie Nelson. Um, you know, there's there's so many of them that you could think of. Anyway, now we've really veered off course. So uh, I will just start wrapping things up here and we'll say, uh, guys, tell people where they can find out more about you. And we'll start from the bottom of the barrel. Sean Keibel. All right. Uh, yeah, just uh, Google Sean Kybel, K-I-B-E-L, uh, Sean with a W. Uh, you can follow me at Sean TX on Twitter or look me up on Facebook or uh, Google Plus or just about anywhere. So, yeah, Google my name and you're, you're going to find me or uh, Sean at ElementOP.com for email. All right. And Mr. Chris Neves. You can find me at Twitter at Chris N. And then uh, I'm all over the Google Pluses. Um, you could you could you could go to the Facebook, but uh, I'm not there. So good luck. <laughs> I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. Aaron That's Butler. It. Yeah, best place to find me probably is just Google one meal, one workout, and click on anything that you find. That's the number one. And and I, and I want to throw in Mark. I'm sure you're probably going to do this anyway. But uh, um, as you mentioned before on the show, we're all part of the Element Open Network. Sean is one of the co-host of the tightwad tech the flagship the grand poobah of element open network chris is the the command line godfather and head honcho of content building of everyday linux and i am the source behind the one mil one workout craziness uh so representing three of the three of the podcasts on the element open network and of course mark is the chief tightwad uh sean's co-host there so if well, you like any way to get on all the shows <laughs> that's true so if you like anything we said, you can go listen to us more on our various other podcasts. Or if you want to yell at us more, <laughs> yell at your iPod more because you think we're stupid, you can find us on other podcasts as well. 
That's right. And all of those are over at elementop.com, where you can also find forums where you can uh, uh, post crazy things. Here's a good idea. For next week's show, everybody listening right now, I want you to go out and find a couple, uh, two, two news stories each. I want you all to go find two news stories and put them in our, our Element OP uh, forums, the, uh, the periodic table forum there, so that we don't have to do so much work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work to type. Go to Google and type crazy news. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I just go to CNN.com, and it's pretty much yeah. all crazy there. Yeah, that was, uh, that's what I said to you in that email. <laughs> we already have a, you know, a place where they get all kinds of stupid news. That's CNN. That's right. Okay, and so uh, elementop.com. <laughs> That, Chris, what? I said, or Fox News. Or Fox News, yeah. Uh, ElementOP.com, that's where we live. Find us there. If you have an Android phone, you can download the uh, ElementOP app. Just search uh, the uh, forum for ElementOP or Mark Cockrell. I'm the only uh, developer by that name there, and I have only developed one app. Uh, still no joy in the uh, iTunes store. It will happen sometime before the end of Civilization, maybe. So, uh if you want to check that out, you can do that, and uh, we look forward to seeing you. And so for now, I'm simply going to say that ends this episode of The Periodic Table.